You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Mouth ulcers are painful, and if I get one as an adult, I gargle some kind of mouthwash until they disappear. My children, however, have got Buckley's chance of doing that. I think they're doing pretty well that they can clean their own teeth. Gargling's a bit out of their league. Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko is a GP with Bondi Road Doctors, and she's here to talk to us about mouth ulcers. Hi, Alicia. How Hi, are Siobhan. you? Hi, Siobhan. Well, thank you. Why do we get mouth ulcers? Yes, well, there's lots of different reasons, actually. But if we're just speaking about the children and the kid population, I mean, most of the time it's just a little bit of a traumatic injury. And so they've just been a bit over vigorous with that independent teeth cleaning or they've knocked into it and maybe not even remembered. And then they might just have that little bit of erosion or breakdown in the skin, in the well, in the gum, and then you'll just see that little white circular painful ulcer (laughs) breakdown. However, there are other reasons. I mean, if there's more than one ulcer um, in the mouth, then it could be a viral infection, could even be hand, foot and mouth viral infection. Um, It could also be herpes. So usually, though, there's more than one mouth ulcer. They're usually quite painful and the child might not be well. I think when you say herpes, everyone's like, what? Yes, I know. (laughs) I know. But unfortunately, if we remember cold sores, just think about cold sores. Yes. So cold sores, it is the herpes simplex virus. Right. So yes, sorry if that, but but it, (laughs) it, it, it is. And so it would be called a herpes simplex viral infection and sometimes say if the parent has cold sores which means they may sometimes secrete the herpes virus in their saliva without knowing it without actually having a cold sore so it's a good thing not to share drinks so if the child has actually caught that and never been exposed to it before their first infection could actually be quite a nasty viral infection with lots of mouth ulcers so we know that we have moved on a little bit further from from just the usual ones that kids get when they've hurt themselves with their toothbrush or whatever. But just on that, I know that my mother has that virus, but it's recurring. Like she can't get rid of it. Is that what happens with children as well? Not so much with the mouse. So usually it's the first instance and it can be quite florid and very painful. And really some of the worst mouth ulcers I've ever seen are with that (laughs) cold sore type virus, should we call it? Um, But usually then after that, now they're exposed, it, it doesn't come back like that again, oh, but they've got it in their system. So then they might get cold sores later down the track. Their lives. But there's okay. other things to think about. Like it, it's less common, but obviously if someone's got nutritional deficiencies, they might get you know recurring ulcers or other underlying conditions. So certainly if it's just a one-off, you think, okay, it's more likely traumatic. We can deal with this at home. If they're unwell and there's multiple ulcers or if they're recurring, that's when you definitely seek medical attention. Let's talk about the simple ones, the ones that we don't think uh, there's just one in their mouth and it's a bit uncomfortable. I assume that the best approach is to avoid acidic foods like oranges, et cetera, because that's (laughs) what we do. Is Is there anything that we should or shouldn't eat? You mentioned that sometimes it's a sign of some kind of deficiency with nutrients. And I'm I'm wondering, I think I used to think if I got one or, you know, they'd come back over several months that it was um, some vitamin I wasn't getting enough of. I mean, it may or may not be that, but I suppose the key for parents in, in that acute stage is lots of water because they might not be wanting to drink as much because it's painful. You can use, you know, 
home remedies that are safe if they work. Um, you can use numbing gels from the pharmacy. Um, but certainly getting enough fluid on board is is the key. Um, and then once it, you know, <laughs> and maybe gentle brushing or even just a mouthwash with sodium bicarbonate or something similar if they're able to do that. And then when you get back to to um, teeth brushing, that's great. But then you'd probably be just making sure they are eating all their fruits and veggies and they are having, you know, a lovely rainbow, colourful, varied diet. Yeah. <laughs> my, I laugh. My daughter doesn't do that when she doesn't have any mouth volume. So you just mentioned then, I was about to ask about treatment. Yes. Um, in adults, I always assume that all I can do is gargle and try and disinfect that part of my mouth. Is the yeah. same go for children? Yeah, I mean, look, obviously they're probably not going to be able to gargle or not being willing to gargle. So the, the key again is just staying away from you know, spicy, acidic foods that will irritate it. Maybe doing some form of gentle mouthwashy thing instead of brushing teeth or avoiding that area until it's healed. But the numbing gels are very good for sanity purposes, particularly for night time, because I've my my um, middle child actually a number of months ago just had her first ever one tiny, and we call it apthus ulcer actually, and I think it was just from over vigorous teeth brushing. Um, but yeah, I had to actually just for a couple of nights put a tiny. You don't have to. Have have a lot of these things, just a tiny little bit of over-the-counter numbing gel just for two nights. She stopped complaining about it. It went away <laughs> and it hasn't been an issue since, but it allowed her to go to sleep because when they're less distracted, they notice these things. Whereas during the day, as long as they're getting the fluid in, they probably don't notice the discomfort as much because they're busy climbing trees and playing and <laughs> who <stuff>. knows what. <laughs> and does the numbing agent actually have a disinfectant in it normally? or? Some of them do, some of them not, but I wouldn't get too overly concerned with that, to be honest, unless it's looking very red and it, you know, I mean, have a look at it. If it's just looking simple and it's more white than anything, there might be a tiny bit of over, you know, surrounding redness or pinkness. I wouldn't worry so much, but it's looking very inflamed or if the gum is swollen, you probably actually should go and have someone see it. Yes. Yeah. Trust your gut instinct on That's that one. That's right. I really do believe in gut instincts. And I think parenting and with children, you do have to trust your gut. And if it just means it's a wasted trip to a health professional, well, it's not really wasted because you're reassured. And you yeah. know better for next time. Correct. Correct. Alicia, thank you for your time today. You're very welcome. Thanks. That's Dr. Alicia Thornton-Benko. She's a GP with Bondi Road Doctors. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.